Welcome back to DC's Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. Uh, my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And we're not doing a take two on that one. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. And I'm Norman Mitchell, and you can find me uh, really just on Dueling Genre, uh, former co-host of Lord of the Rings Minute. Yeah, absolutely. You joined us for Man of Steel Minute way back in the day. Yeah, that was quite and a while ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about um, Feora in the desert scene. Um, and yeah, I wanted to introduce more Dueling Genre hosts from other shows on the Dueling Genre Network. So, Norman, thank you for being the first to grace the show on our on our way back into Zack Snyder's Justice League. I fumbled at the beginning of the audio because... Um, I do this weird thing whenever I'm testing my recording and I and I just do like, oh, you know, welcome back to DC Senate Cinematic Minute. And I will always gravitate to saying Dawn of Justice or Suicide Squad (laughs) for some reason. And so then when it's an actual take, I accidentally fumble and I go. Wait, which movie is That's this? funny. I mean, Suicide Squad, I can believe just because of the the easy alliteration there. Yeah. Right, yeah. So sometimes I go back to saying the wrong movie. Um, and we did so many Dawn of Justice. I was 183 minutes that, like, has burned into me. Anyways, today we're talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, specifically minute 121 uh, of part four change machine. It's going to start with the Flash moving really fast. Uh, and then the flash uh, is going to be moving very slow at the end of the minute. So <laughs> that's a good. That's a good description. Um, very detailed, Mark. Um, it's a lot of flash, but there's some Wonder Woman in there too. There's a lot of so, everybody in this. It's yeah. a, this is a this is we're in the midst of a Justice League battle. Yeah, um, good old throwdown. Yeah, right. We're gonna get we're getting panels after panels, cells after cells, within cells within cells. God okay, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> throw the chair back um yeah so th- this was this was great norman what's your connection with these dc movies so what's uh, your relationship like i haven't seen any of them i didn't see any of them in theaters as they were coming out the only dc movies i've seen in theaters are wonder woman and shazam so i didn't see man of steel dawn of justice uh justice league in theaters i didn't see wonder woman 84 in theaters i don't even think it did come out in theaters right it just came out on on HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there was no the- theatrical release cuz we watched it at my mother's house. <laughs> right. So the, everyone in the world did. Yeah. So the two of the the only two of these that I've seen in theaters are are Wonder Woman and Shazam. Uh, and I'm a perennial Man of Steel defender. I actually really like Man of Steel, which I'm I don't remember how much we we talked about exactly that when I was on here before. Um, but I'll, I'll pretty much always defend that movie. Uh, I like the director's cut, the ultimate edition of Dawn of Justice. I think it's pretty good. I haven't seen the non-director's cut, uh, the non-ultimate version of it. And I haven't seen the Joss Whedon Justice League. I've only seen this one. And I quite like this movie. Uh, I I like this cut of this movie a lot. Excellent. Uh, I I think it is strangely like a very optimistic movie, despite how gritty and grounded Zack Snyder's DC universe has been. I, I mean, like the juxtaposition, I think, is pretty blatant in in this story, um, especially with just boiling it down to being optimism, but with a you know gray filter on it. Um, yeah. And you know, like obviously, I, I people are visual, 
uh, learners and whatnot, and and visual aids help uh, a lot, especially with uh, movies and in storytelling. So if someone's like not maybe you know blatantly being force fed bright colors and <laughs> optimism with a smile, they're like, that's not gonna, that doesn't make me feel good. It's like, well, are you listening? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think that this movie is really all that gritty. Like I, I, I see people describe it that way, and like I agree, Donna Justice is like super gritty and like really grounded and like kind of yeah. feels kind of nihilistic at points. But then it ends with like that note about like we can be better, um, mm-hmm. and then this movie just picks up from there. And like the whole, this whole movie is we can be better. Yeah. We should be better, and we're better yeah. together. Uh, the cyborg stuff is my favorite part of this movie. Oh yeah, for sure, totally. Yeah, and it's uh, it's almost strange when you finally see it and you go, "Oh, this is all missing." Uh, that's like just it's it's kind of mind blowing, both the actual content and the fact that it was removed is is I don't know. I don't want to get too much uh, repeating the same thing about Hollywood and everything that's going yeah, on yeah, yeah. with with chopping up this movie, but. Um, just getting that character back in the in the way that it was meant to be in this film it's like um it's like healthy i don't know how else to say but it, it right. seems like it's it's healthy for superhero movies or comic book movies um however you want to describe the genre but to see cyborg in the way that he's presented in this film it's it's healthy and i think that to me is very important whether dawn of justice is like super grounded and gritty um or um any you know however a movie wants to direct itself i usually find it like is it healthy in the sense of like what you get from your superhero characters like if i pick up a comic book or i watch a comic book movie i kind of want that life lesson i want that uh to inherit something that's beneficial and not just um two hours of like entertainment romp yeah and yeah, just yeah. like like check out i don't know yeah like good it visuals good visuals are nice and like they can help you like invest or like be in the moment in something but like at the end of the day like what is this giving me like what does it say about these characters what does it say about like what does it say about society like it's holding up a mirror you know like all good media like what is this trying to say at the end of the day just regardless of what it looks like yeah yeah, absolutely. And and the the week that we're talking about here, you know, minutes 121 to 125, um it it's like you said, it, it's a lot of fun. Um and and sure Zach has this love for the dark age of comic books and Dark Knight Returns and all these other stories that he, you know, loves to bring together, but this movie is is so much more fun than dawn of justice was but it, it's done tastefully it's done well like uh, I, at least that's my opinion but like here in this in this week that we'll be talking about um it is like oh you're just having fun with your action figures now because it's yeah. just yeah really well done <laughs> it never feels like the violence in this movie never quite feels as like self-indulgent as some of the stuff in dawn of justice does i think that's mm-hmm. a big part of it like all the violence in this feels like it matches the characters better and feels like it's fine in a movie alongside Superman. Unlike some of the, like that bloodier fight scene in that warehouse with, with Batman and Donna justice feels like it doesn't quite belong in the same movie as Superman. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I gotta be the, I gotta be the outlier here. I, 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 I 
agree to disagree. Um, it's That's just fair. that I love. <laughs> I just love Dawn of Justice and the whole approach for it. Um, that doesn't mean that like some of my favorite Superman stories are the good ones like obviously because that's what that character is supposed to represent right right it's just i love the fact that that movie and that story exists solely to just be like that outlier to make you go like oh hey well even to have like this conversation it's like well that you know bloody fight scene didn't belong in a superman movie it's like i i agree but they put it in and it like i was i still watched it and i'm like oh damn like they did that, you know. It got oh, pulled off. Uh, I mean, like, don't so. get me wrong. It is a badass Batman <laughs> fight scene. Yeah. Um, but I get what you mean. Like, that's not something that um, you would just initially put. You know, obviously, like in the middle of a supposedly Superman optimistic, learning from his mistakes kind of story, because um, that just kind of feels like you're backtracking. Um, but at the same time, it's not that same character, you know? So it's like, yeah, hey, this is supposed to be, like, a turning point for everybody. So, anyway. Um, I think... I do I agree think... with this movie being way more fun uh, in the sense of it being action-adventure group dynamic story. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't... It's more fun, but it doesn't lose its DNA. Yeah, exactly. Of, of, that's of yeah. the others. That's the yeah. main thing yeah it's because there's so like the common themes that carry out throughout all of the movies uh man of steel dawn of justice this movie and it's it's, it's kind of just beautiful <laughs> it's just really well done storytelling <laughs> you know we sound like a broken record right now but uh but yeah i i, I want to say um the way that the action like evolves and if we talk about the warehouse scene or anything like that is the way that uh, I guess the reason why these superheroes are in action and in the minute that we are talking about right now, there's a group of Star Lab employees. Um, Cyborg has escorted them all out of the the Metropolis Project Tunnel. Um, the Flash is just there. Uh, and then, of course, a bunch of debris is falling from the wreckage caused by the Nightcrawler. And or I'm sorry, it was Steppenwolf's electric app, electro axe um, uh, breaking through the wall. And so all this debris is falling on top of the Star Labs employee. And if we compare that to the warehouse scene in Dawn of Justice, the thing that they both share in this this action scene and the warehouse scene is that there is a human life at stake. They're not not just superheroes. Like it's your time to go fight a bunch of enemies because you're the good guys and they're the bad guys, there's human lives at stake. And so Flash doing all this speedster stuff and, you know, um, Batman fighting a bunch of goons in a warehouse is because there's a Martha on the other side of that wall. Like, the way that they kind of place these characters in a way that creates a scenario where it's like, okay, now they have a reason to be really angry towards bad guy A and B. And so then it, it allows the characters... I don't want to say to be violent necessary, but for a superhero to use their fists, you know, so right. um, it kind of makes sense. And I think uh, we see it in Man of Steel as well when Martha is also threatened by General Zod. And then that's what starts Superman yeah. to have a fight scene because uh, the entire movie is very like almost pacifistic. 
yeah. until Martha is threatened. And then it, it then it's like, okay, now you can have your superhero fight scene. So I kind of really like that that um, organization, that coordination to have like, okay, well, we need to put human lives here. And then that, that makes it okay. And it's like, yeah, it does. Because that's that's when violence is the answer. Maybe that's not a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get what but you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Flash tries his best and then Cyborg comes in with the sonic cannon and just like eliminates the issue. Which again, they've been... And the last week we kind of talked a little bit about this team not being um, cohesive yet. And so the Flash has just kind of been around. He's just been there. He's so, all over yeah. the place. Yeah, well, he, ca- he calls place. it out a couple of minutes before this. He's like, this is not working together. This is this is not being a team. Yeah, yeah. And Cyborg is just so uh, annoyed. I don't know if it, I don't know if if it's annoyed, being annoyed that he's in the state. But he is. I mean, he's angry. He was rescuing his father. I don't think he's angry that he's rescuing his father, but he just seemed uh, perturbed by by the Flash being here. Mm-hmm. So um, he's just kind of angry at everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, Norman, what's your thoughts on the Flash, on Barry Allen, on uh, Ezra Miller? <laughs> uh, complicated, but like in the context of like just this movie, I like the character arc that Barry has in this movie. I think that it works. I think that like Ezra Miller sells this pretty well. The Flash is interesting in this movie to me. I like that he just kind of like can't hang with anybody at first. He's so unsure of himself, and then like it all builds to just like that big triumph of moment at the end of the movie yeah yeah um yeah that is <laughs> we were talking about it last week um uh, but do you have like a favorite speedster moment in any comic book movie in particular in a comic book movie no but in a comic book thing yes because like my favorite my favorite flash moment in anything that i've read or seen is when Flash takes down the Brainiac Luthor in the Justice League cartoon. Oh yeah, yeah that <laughs> that's that was like the first time, like um, like many kids had like that connection to the Flash moving so fast that it's um, that it, it could end up killing him. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. just forever in my brain. Like the way that like all the scenes around the world, like the stills just all flash by. And then just like, he keeps getting faster and faster and faster and faster for like, it goes on for like two minutes as he slowly tears off the Brainiac armor. It's just so good. And then, yeah. every, and then everyone saves him at the end. The rest of the justice league comes together to pull him out. Yep. 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 Yeah. That is just a fantastic moment. And then there's, um, they have a similar situation like that in young justice for Wally West. I think in season two, I think it was the the finale for season two, right before the mm. show got canceled. Uh, and it just ends on that note with Wally West. Um, I forget exactly what he was doing, but he was moving very fast to stop like a, like some sort of tornado or something. Mm. I can't remember. He did like a, it was like a crisis kind of thing. Like he just ran into the speed force was like, Oh man. And like disappeared. It's <laughs> like, Oh, all right. That's it. That's it. That's all the show ended. Until it was brought back, um, it's like what happened? Did but, everybody die? What was going on? <laughs> yeah, that's how the show gets gets canceled. Just to just kill everyone off. Um, yeah, but yeah. So um, so, Flash in, in this movie, I think is phenomenal. Everyone loves um, at the speed of force. Um, 
this moment here, I don't, I don't really know if we've seen a speedster moment like this. This is almost like in real time, seeing a speedster do an action where he's saving people by just moving a bunch of rocks really fast. And it just creates like this very trippy, um, like after image strobe effect. Yeah. It's very anime. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 We have talked about that a little bit. Some of these moments are very anime. Um, but yeah, this, I, I don't know if we have, we've actually seen something like this before, but it's a, it's a fantastic moment. And, um, a lot of people like at the speed of force, which is like him traveling back in time towards the end of the movie. Um, and I think a lot of people will say like, Oh, that's their favorite speedster moment. Um, I think this is up there. I think this is one of those moments where it's just like, I love seeing speedsters be fast, like very fast, like, uh, in real time fast. And, and, and the slow motion is great. And we'll see that in tomorrow's minute, um, where slow motion is kind of used to mimic a comic book panel. And you can kind of see how the, how the panels would look as you're reading, um, which is fine. So I, I've always excused, like, you know, people usually complain there's too much slow motion in it. And and sometimes with speedsters, it's like every big moment they have is in slow motion. Um, yeah. Well, because so you nice want to be able refreshing. to see what's happening in a big climactic yeah. moment. Like, that's the hard part when it comes to something that's supposed to be moving super fast. Like, you yeah. still want to see what's happening so that the audience can connect, like, what it is the speedster is actually doing to make this work. Um but yeah, I like this moment too. I like seeing the like after image thing and like I like the way that the flash just lets off electricity as part yeah. of the power in this movie. Yeah. It's a really great effect. I I do some of my favorite things are like the poses that are just, you know, just straight up JoJo poses honestly when he's just yeah. having the after image effect and it's like, "Oh, that's that's just so cool." Like you thought it was the flash, but it was me. Yeah. Dia. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It, it's really cool. Like it's, I remember that being just like a, a genuine awesome effect that people were seeing, especially Mark and, and um, our friend Matt, when we were watching it, we were just like, like, Oh my God, like putting ourselves in the position of the star labs employees and just being visually amazed at the speedster doing the real time and, and not slow motion. Um, it really was like the biggest, the biggest thing was that it wasn't in slow motion, and uh, right. that was it. I mean, it was it was beautiful. You know, we wanted more of that, and it was it was so fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I think one of the, it's it's kind of hard to find, and I'm trying to remember when exactly it happens, but you'd have to almost go frame by frame because, like, as he's moving like all the rocks and there's like the first shot where it's just kind of like on the ground. It's not the shot like aiming towards the sky. Um, I think there's a moment where if you could like go frame by frame. And so, yeah, Barry Allen is, is pushing all these rocks, but then I think there's one frame where he's just standing there like thinking what to do next. And it's hard. Cause I, I I'm pretty sure I've seen someone do it on like, find it on the internet. Um, but and maybe I think it's I can't, this. I can't go frame by frame in this player. I can do it in my editor, but it might be hard to to grasp it. But there, yeah, yeah there's there's so many times where you can just like pause it That's and so cool. and see what what he's doing next. And I'm pretty sure there's one frame where Barry's just standing with them, thinking, "Okay, what do I do next?" And so it is it is kind of fun to play around with that and 
the fact that they can do something like that or or consider that as part of it. It's like that's just to me that is that is fun uh, and that that adds to um, um, this being such a great speedster moment because you can dissect it in that way and it's not right. just like um, it's not just blinks and, and all the debris is gone. So uh, right. yeah, just a really cool moment. Yeah, because you got to communicate that like Barry also thinks at this speed. Yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just really cool. I, I've always enjoyed, um, I've always enjoyed the Flash in this movie, and seeing that moment, it was just like, oh, this is, like, I say cathartic a lot, but that's what it is. It's just like yeah. it just feels really good, <laughs> and just and it's like, thank you. I would love to see more of that, please. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say, one thing that I am not a big fan of in this uh in this scene in this minute is um how barry calls wonder woman sword lady i mean i get (laughs) the quirkiness i get the funny like yeah that's that's great but you were also like just in awe that you were meeting wonder woman and like all of this stuff like wouldn't you wouldn't she be a hero to you wouldn't you be like i got okay right wonder woman go like not sword lady right you know like it's like you don't even know her, you know? But you were just, like, going gaga over her an hour ago. <laughs> I, uh... In the context of this movie, like, uh, no one really knows who Wonder Woman is, right? She doesn't have any any public hero work or, like, right. persona or anything. She just is out there and maybe occasionally uses her powers to help someone nearby, but, like, has never done anything, like, big or crazy. Like, how many people even know that she was around at the end of Dawn of Justice, even saw her? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, so, so it's good. It's, it's what? It, it's a good bet to say that the, the word, the name Wonder Woman, just isn't obviously used. Um, right. Like Alfred only calls her Diana. Like everyone only calls yeah, her Diana in this so movie. No one like calls Diana, her Wonder but, Woman. And then you can't really even see Barry calling her Diana in that moment either. So I mean, it Sword Lady works for Barry. <laughs> no, I'm just now thinking like no one calls her Wonder Woman in this movie, right? No. Uh, they will when they're digging Clark's body. Oh, up. yes. Oh, that's the yeah. only time she's called Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's when he has time to process who she is and, and, and her whole right. thing. I, I, I think because everyone is afraid of the Batman, and they, they know of the Batman, some like mythological creature. Uh, he's been but around I, for 20 years, and that signal's been in the sky the whole time. Yeah. I don't know if Wonder Woman is known. Yeah. Because we were also talking about it last week is everyone knows Superman died fighting this monster in Metropolis. Do they know that Batman and Wonder Woman were there as well because there was like a, you know, big EMP, there's like this anime level of destruction. Yeah. Uh and then the aftermath is that Superman is dead. Yeah, no, they didn't know that they were there. I mean, yeah. just think about it. There was no cameras. It was, it was, the port was abandoned. Yeah. Um, they didn't have cameras back then. <laughs> Lois well, I Lane. Mean, the EMP. I Lois mean, Lane yeah, and Martha yeah. Kent are like the only two people that know. Yeah. 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 That and, Batman uh, was there. And Batman and Wonder Woman must have gotten Superman's body out of there to go back to be Clark. Like, somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he got buried uh, as Clark Kent. Like, he had a funeral. So, like... They got the body out of there. 
So, yeah. like, does that mean that everyone's like, oh, Superman's dead, but they never saw a body? I have questions about all that, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure U.S. Northcom had something, you know, with, with John Jones being like, listen, just... I'll just, take the, I'll just lay just here it. and look like Superman for a while. Oh, Don't worry about it. Yeah, there you go. Maybe the, now, maybe. yeah, like what, Swanwick, you're thinking he's just, he just, oh my God. He and then re- phased out of the box? Yeah, like. just phases out of the ground and goes home. Like, Oh God. That's perfect, right? Like that's, that's a perfect solution. Now. That's, yeah. That's, and it would make sense for Bruce saying they're burying an empty box. Yeah, because you don't know that there's an alien. You're not going to meet him yet. Like, oh boy, <laughs> this makes a lot of sense. It yeah, works. It works. Although it works. Although, yeah, the Martian Manhunter is part of like maybe the most confusing scene in this movie narratively. The conversation with Lois. Oh yeah, yeah. We haven't gotten there yet. So the only um, thing, like, so like, well, Lois has the the suit that has the hole uh, through the heart. So, like, that would mean Swanwick would have had to have been a naked Superman That's in true. a box. That's true. And then he's like, ah, oh, crap, all right, I got to phase out of here. Like, the government's <laughs> not going to believe Superman's dead if they're not looking at a body. So, like... Yeah, I'm surprised they even buried it and didn't, like, keep it in, like they did with Zod's body. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... it's um... Or maybe that was it. It was a double blind. Swanwick pl- pretended to be the body, <laughs> and it got brought back to be, like, researched, and then just disappeared, and the government's not going to tell anybody that Superman's not dead. Because, like, Ooh. what would happen then? That'd be a very Amanda Waller checkmate thing. Yeah. I could see that. Um, but, yeah, so I, I like Sword Lady. I like the name. Um, I'm sure there's a comic book equivalent of, of Sword Lady as Wonder Woman, you know, there's so many, you know, like Queen Maeve and all these other copies. Uh, Sword Lady, I think that works. I, yeah. I kind of like that. Mostly um, just contributes to Barry sounding, like, unexperienced in all of this. Yeah, yeah exactly. very, very inexperienced. I can't remember if it's in this cut or if it's in the theatrical, the Justice League version, where he says, like, hi, Barry, I'm Diana when they first meet because Batman is the one who recruits him and brings him to Gotham. No, that's in this one. It's in this one? Okay. Okay. I just so, watched yeah, it he... earlier today. I, I just I, I saw <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for fact checking us. <laughs> um so yeah, he he's just met Wonder Woman. He's been the whole time he's been with um with Batman and Cyborg is really more recruited by Wonder Woman, so that's why I mean he has Barry has no real connection to to Wonder Woman and therefore calls her Sword Lady, and I kind of like that. I think, I think it's a good description of her, anyways. I, I you know, it's um, yeah, you convinced me. Right. I think. Well, I, I, I just like, well, he doesn't know what an Amazon is, and I just like that it, he's just like it's a it's a woman with a sword. That's all I know, and it's like, yeah, you know what? I wish if I was introduced to Wonder Woman, someone would just be like, so now I have, now I got a punch up. <laughs> <laughs> it would now. What if he called her? Warrior Princess Lady. It would make sense. He'd watch his TV if he would see Wonder Woman and be like, you look a lot like Xena. Like, that's my only connection to this. You say Princess Lady, right? Princess would mean... Warrior Princess Lady. (laughs) I don't know, because he's using Warrior Princess, like the real title, and then add Tack on Lady to give him the the immature... This is bad. I'm sorry. Don't punch up. Don't punch up the... the, (laughs) these people's writing are you kidding me cancel me <laughs> he tried he tried he tried 
Uh, right. I wonder yeah, if they so did it, try other versions of that line because like aliens, bad guy, sword lady just kind of like flows as a line. It does. It really does. And it's rule of three. So yeah. Rule of three, either that, um, yeah, either, either it was written that way or maybe they had Ezra just say things, you know, give it another shot, give it another go. And they good ended in, on, on that good, one. Good improv. Um, yeah. One thing I will say that I do enjoy, and it's more apparent later on, um, but I think it's just worth noting now because Cyborg and Flash do have an interaction, especially in an action sequence here, and it is uh, like a plan of attack, what's supposed to be next. Uh, the dynamic between Flash and Victor Stone of being like goofy, nerdy kid and, um, you know, t- tough jock guy that, you know, can get serious in serious situations kind of thing. It's just so pure (laughs) you know and it's really perfect especially for like putting these two characters at a similar age you know something that we really don't get to see other than you know teen titans but that's not really uh you know here or there but but yeah it's good that it's now mainstream that you get to see the dynamic between two younger versions of these characters yeah yeah Yeah. they kind of feel like brothers it's it's interesting very much their relationship very much so yeah it's good that they just mesh kind of like, I don't know, just off. It's it's like you kind of realize, like, I got powers, you got power. Like, we got to, we, we work together, you know? <laughs> you know, we're, we're both new at this. We're practically yeah. gods. Like, we're going to get along. It's fine. Yeah. It's it's good to have, like, that range of the different ages that they have here. Um, you know, now that they're working alongside this, like, 45-year-old Batman and, you know, this demigod. 5,000-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so just different ages. It's it's a nice decision in in the in the conception of like, okay, what's this Justice League going to look like for this cinematic universe? And so the fact that they have all these different ages and whereas like when you maybe watch the Justice League cartoon, it just seems like everyone's like 35 years old. Like right. everyone's just on the same age age group. Yeah, yeah So yeah. this different different backgrounds and different ways that they come uh, together and we, we have said that like of course the Barry Allen flash that we know today is, is somewhat an amalgamation of Barry Allen and the Wally West personality um, that a lot of people grew up in the 90s with and like the the early 2000s um, but it also seems like that because of Cyborg there's that connection that they tried to do with Shazam or specifically Billy Batson and Cyborg in, like, the Justice League, kind of like the New 52 era where they wanted Cyborg to have um, kind of like a... Yeah. Oh, you got an Xbox in there? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like that kind of uh, opposite, um, opposites attract kind of personality of of Shazam and Cyborg. And so they do that here with Barry Allen and Victor Stone. Uh, And so, yeah, I I do like that. I'm a big fan of that as well. I think there's, like, kind of a subtle thing, too. I'm, like, thinking about this right now because, like, and I don't know if this is intentional, but like the Flash and Cyborg in this movie, like, are both kind of referred to as being like having like godlike power, and so they're and they're very new and inexperienced. They're like new gods, and I wonder if that's like kind of a subtle nod that like these two youngest guys, these newest members of the team, have the most power, and if that's like kind of a subtle nod at like the title of the new gods that gets used in DC. I, I think, I think it's interesting. That you brought that up because now I'm uh, now I'm thinking like the the movie really depends on them 
and they're yeah. the new ones. Um, because Bat- Batman is there. Wonder Woman, as we see in this minute, is really struggling with Steppenwolf, but they can only do so much. And it's really, I mean, like, Barry Allen goes back in time. Victor Stone has a connection with the mother boxes and can stop them, uh, stop the unity. And without both of them, they can't resurrect Superman. Right. right. So there's there's so much that depends on these two kids who, you know, are afflicted with these these new God abilities. Um, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, isn't in some DC capacity like their powers, their metahuman? I mean, obviously, Cyborg is, is directly connected to apocalyptic technology, but um, I can't remember if the Dark Side War in New Fifty Two somehow connected their metahuman abilities from um, like apocalyptic origins. I, I, I haven't read too much New 52 outside yeah. of Green Lantern stuff, so I'm not 100% sure. I just couldn't get past... That was... Uh, that Dark Side War was just it going... Fumbled, it, it was just going on and on and on for way too long, and I just stopped. Um, I was really digging the, the covers. Who was it? Uh, Fabok, I think? Jason Fabok or something like that was doing the mm-hmm. covers. Um, really great, but uh, yeah, no, the story, I just couldn't figure it out. Um, I was always just under the impression that it was, you know, them more related to... With with the exception of Cyborg, um, just, you know, old the gods. Actual. And then there was the introduction of the new gods. Um, but I will say that I do think that something was supposed to happen with, uh, or at least involving new gods. Um, it, I, there was just too many things alluding to it. Um, obviously, the end of this where we do see, you know, boom tubes and 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 do see apocalypse and whatnot that does open the door for uh you know new genesis and whatnot but i just um, want granny goodness yeah that's <laughs> it's really just all we want right um big bar but at the uh, at the at the justice league one there was after the pajornov stuff there was you know alien plant life that was growing and that was like kind of a dead giveaway to kirby new genesis plants and like from what i thought i was like oh that's like forger stuff like bug bug guy whatever the hell his name was for forger yeah i think like whatever forger. one of the new forger yeah one of the new genesis dudes um yeah 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 and i i don't know so like i could have sworn that like a roadmap was there and then when i remember seeing that i was like that's a that's a big ask you gotta like that's you're mm-hmm. you're going way wide I with mean, that. Yeah. This like, movie was a big ask to begin with. Yeah, one hundred percent. It was more know. of a demand, really. <laughs> right. I just mean like the fact that Justice League is like the third movie, and like you're expecting to introduce all these characters in this movie without building them up first. Like it's criminal that we didn't get like a cyborg origin story movie. That being said, the the origin that they show here, you know, like his whole flashback and yeah. all that. I, I think it's it's well done. I do think um, the this, but, this version I mean, is I'm, well done. I'm upset that there's no cyborg movie period. period. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like after this and you know everything that happened with Ray Fisher and, yeah. and Hollywood, it's like can can I can we go back in time? Can I get this please before yeah. everything melts down? Because right. uh, there's a lot of this movie that feels like a lot of the intent might it was like to pass the torch of like this is your new flagship hero to cyborg yeah. 
fumble, yeah. fumble big it's, time. Yeah, yeah, and maybe that's maybe someone was saying we should do that, and someone on the other side was saying I don't want to do that whatsoever. Yeah, um, and then someone created, else was like, "We're gonna give Blue Beetle a big sword," and you're like, "Oh, okay, it's Final yeah. Fantasy now." <laughs> I um yeah, and and I um we were talking about you know new gods and apocalypse, but of course, um I think you also meant that like they could be descendants of the gods like Olympus, like Mount Olympus. Old, old gods, yes. Like you're talking Zeus and and all that from like Wonder Woman. I which, mean, that's technically what they are. That's, yeah, absolutely. And I missed that at first, and I just want to circle back to that and be like, oh, yes, of course, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> I mean, that's mean just, new gods, that's the normal mean new gods of like, of, what is that even called? Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah. there you go. You got um, there. It starts with an H. It's like... Uh, Helen, it's Hellenite? Hel- Hellenic? Hellenistic. Hel- Hellenistic. Hellenistic, yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of Greek gods, we have Wonder Woman here fighting Steppenwolf. Uh, Norman, what's your thoughts on Steppenwolf? Uh, I really like Steppenwolf's design a lot. Um, I'm sure uh, if you... You're going to have Cass on here at some point. I'm sure Cass will have a lot to say about Steppenwolf, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I like Steppenwolf in this movie. I think it's funny that he's just like this big pouty boy that just wants to please Darkseid. And so he just always looks kind of sad. Uh, <laughs> but like he's so physically imposing. And I really I like the effect of the way that his armor is always constantly moving around. And it changes with like his mood and his posture. I think it's really like it's just a really cool effect. And. Unlike some other really complicated stuff in movies with like CGI, I think it actually looks pretty good in motion. I never really feel like I lose track of what is happening in this movie, but also like they spent a bunch of money to polish this up right before it came out. So like they made yeah. sure everything was nice and clean to and visible on people's smaller TVs. Yeah, money well spent. Yeah. Um and I like the I like the fights that that Wonder Woman has with Steppenwolf in this movie. I think there's an interesting kind of arc to their fights and like the story between the two of them. Yeah, 100%. I mean, warriors by all definition of of the term and um yeah. It's just I mean, Mark and I have said it before. It's like who else would you pick to fight Steppenwolf? Like that's If Superman's <laughs> not around, like the next strongest person like physically is yeah. Diana. Like Yeah. They have a fight at the end of the movie when they're fighting in Pajornov and they're fighting on that bridge. And it's like, I, I first of all, I always love that they fight on a bridge. They fight on like a 2D, like very linear path. So it feels almost like a video game. Right. You and uh, me, no items, final showdown. Yeah. 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 And it, uh, it gives, one, one bar. <laughs> so yeah, Stefan Wolf almost has like a, like a, a very well done Power Ranger villain vibe. Like, yeah. uh, like, like they're fighting Goldar or something, you know, oh, like, man, like it's, I he wish could, he had wings. That'd be sick. If, <laughs> if he had wings, it'd be like, okay, like they should have given him like, because of when he has all three mother boxes, the armor should have just like big metal wings. He, he gained wings and stuff. Um, it's great that he's like a, a monster, but he's not like, you know, like Godzilla kaiju type. Yeah size that kind of thing it's like he's still massive i really appreciate that he has so much personality (laughs) yeah yeah yes 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 um and we got a big uh, i would say we had a kaiju fight with with doomsday it felt like oh you know it's like more of a king kong size Uh, yeah because i mean doomsday's fist was like 
you know, Superman's <laughs> arm width, you know? That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it is big monster, but, um, but yeah, at least Steppenwolf seems, uh, you know, physically obtainable to uh, for a one-on-one fight. That's the yeah. thing. It's not yeah. like, you he... know, when Wonder Woman was fighting Doomsday, all she was doing was dodging and slashing at his legs, you know? Like, that's... Yeah, I think this movie does a good job of communicating just how much stronger Steppenwolf is than Wonder Woman 2. Like, it's not so far away that she can't believably hurt him, but it's far enough away that even her and Aquaman together are barely strong enough to hold him back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, when you when you look at the Steppenwolf we have here, um, and then you look at someone, say, like Incubus from Suicide Squad, which was like, the ass uh what what was it mayan he, he was a mayan like an god. incan god thing incan, that, incan god yeah anyways it's like you don't even remember that that character unless you're watching suicide squad and you go oh yeah there's you know there's this big monster character it's cgi sure and you just kind of like don't care a little bit right uh, and it seems to go to waste um and so when when you watch when we were watching justice league you know, in 2017 for the first time, it was just like, oof, I don't care. I don't care who this is. I don't, uh, it's the, the, even the death of Steppenwolf in that movie is just like, oh, I guess they just, I mean, goodbye. Superman's here. It saves the day, sends you back to apocalypse. And it just felt that kind of way where both that that version of Steppenwolf and Incubus from Suicide Squad, when it's time for that character to exit the, the movie, it just, like, whiffs away. And it's like, okay, I don't really, I don't really care. But with Steppenwolf in this movie, you have almost feel bad for him at the end. You're almost like, damn, like, he failed, and nobody cared about him when he died. And I'm like... Dang, it sucks. That's a, I feel bad. The disrespect. It's so disrespected. I guess that's what it is. But you actually care about the villain being disrespected. That's very hard to do. <laughs> um, He's just so sad. Yeah. Like <laughs> He's trying. He's trying, okay? <laughs> um, but yes. So um, I think we end here with with Wonder Woman falling she's trying to grab her sword that's that's sliding off the the bridge here um, and then uh, enter Barry Allen again who then taps into the speed force and starts to move uh, really fast in really slow motion so I think I'm gonna save the rest of my notes for tomorrow but what about you guys you guys have anything else for today no that's it no I don't think so cool all right, we're going to wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really does help the show and helps new listeners discover our show as well. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can chat with us on Twitter at DCEU Minute. And if you'd like to hear more bonus content, we also have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.